chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6. Okay, if you were here last week, raise your hand if you are here last week so I know who I can quiz. All right, uh, everybody put their hand down. <laughs> the hands went up and then they went down. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> okay, so if you were here last week, what were some of the themes that we talked about as we were connecting chapter 3 of Genesis and chapter 4 of Genesis. Can anybody just shout out really quickly some of the connections that we made between chapter 3, what, what took place in chapter 3, and what took place in chapter 4? All right, right over here. All right, did everybody hear that? We went from disobedience in chapter 3. What was the disobedience? Somebody else. What was the disobedience in chapter 3? There we go. The woman ate the fruit. What fruit? Somebody else. Ah, yes, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we don't know for sure, but it came from which tree? The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, so, so the disobedience was eating fruit that they didn't have permission to eat. We don't know what kind of fruit it was. Don't spend time speculating trying to figure out what it was. It's a waste of your time and everybody else's. Um, and then that disobedience, how does that connect then? Wait, before we jump to chapter 4, let's continue. This is kind of fun doing this quiz. Um, after that disobedience of taking the fruit, after God said don't, what followed, what followed after that um, in chapter 3? They, they blamed each other, Right? They felt shame. They recognized their nakedness as opposed to um, uh, walking in innocence when that's how God created them to be. All of a sudden, they felt shame, and they were blaming one another, right? Um, so all of these different things. So, so remember, separation from God, sin is, separates us from God, and that separation from God creates enmity or separation from one another. So first, the, there was the sin, we, we sin against God and disobey, and then that sin of disobedience led to the division of a marriage, right, between Adam and Eve, where before they were like, I mean, just verses before we got to that passage, Adam is like on cloud nine saying, this, in fact, is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Like, he's got goo-goo eyes, right? Hearts are coming out of his eyes, like, you know, floating up into the sky as he looks at Eve. And the next thing you know, he's talking trash about her, right? When God said, hey, what are you, what's going on? Why are you hiding? And then he says, the woman you gave me, right? So not only, not only is, does uh, Adam blame Eve, but Adam blames God um, for giving him uh, you know, a defective spouse. That's kind of messed up, man. Come on, Adam. Man up, bro. <laughs> right? Make up your mind. Are you grateful for her or are you going to blame her? Like, come on, man. Right? Um, so we see all that happen in chapter 3. Then how does that carry over into chapter 4? Stephanie, you're answering too much. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're a good student. Front row and everything. Somebody else, chapter 4. Jealousy, right? We talked about jealousy. How did jealousy come into play in chapter 4? Comparison, yep. Compare, what was being compared in chapter 4? This is, you guys are good. This is good. An offering. Right, right. 
Oh my goodness. You guys are awesome. I love it. Abel brought the, his first and best, and, and, and he brought the, the fat portion. Remember we talked last week, and we said in the Bible, fat is good. Praise God. Hallelujah, right? And then Cain brought some kind of stuff from his, you know, grains and vegetables, and God was displeased with his offering, and that led to comparison, uh, which led to jealousy, which then led to anger, hatred, and then ultimately murder, right? Um, and, we, and we witnessed that, that take place all in chapter 4. So, it kind of starts small scale, and it continues to go. And didn't we talk about that last week, that that's the nature of sin, right? Sin doesn't always typically start in the full manifestation of complete and utter disobedience to God. Most of the time, it's like a white lie. Most of the time, it's, like, it's kind of like, well, this isn't that bad compared to all the bad things that other people do, so I guess it's okay if I keep this thing around. But we notice that, uh, what did God tell Cain right before he killed his brother? Does anybody remember that verse? Uh-huh. Right, you're on it. And there's one more line in there. There we go, Pastor Manuel. Sin is, it's, it's crouching at your door, right? So God warns him and says, hey, man, you're, you're getting to the point uh, uh, be, of almost being beyond repair. Um, and I think oftentimes we play with God in our lives. Um, and we, we sometimes take advantage of God's grace because of the fact that we know that he's a forgiving God, a loving God, a God that will take us back over and over again. Um, you know, we, we've heard the phrase before, we're playing with fire, right? Um, because it's not that God won't take us back, but oftentimes if we allow ourselves to stray too frequently or too far away, then it's not that God won't take us back, but it's that we might get to the point where our callousness and sin causes us to no longer want to come back. And then we end up finding ourselves in a place that we never thought we'd ever be, right? Um, so, so that's the, the progression of sin that we're seeing. And, uh, and then after we skip over chapter 5 and the genealogy and the people that lived for hundreds and hundreds of years, they must have been eating good. I'm just saying, right? Um, and it takes us to chapter 6. So let's go ahead and get to chapter 6, and we'll spend the rest of our time getting through chapter 6. And if we have some time, I don't know if we will, but if we do, we'll start into chapter 7 because this story uh, takes us through the next few chapters. Sound good? All right. Um, when, when men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. So we can find a little connection between these first verses of chapter 6 and chapter 5, because in chapter 5, all of them were living like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And we see here, chapter 6, a little bit of an explanation as to why uh, God has instituted a shorter lifespan as opposed to allowing us to live for 800, 900, 700 years. And he says uh, here, he says, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. So in other words, we see here an expl explanation that our mortality, 
um, is actually being given by God uh, in grace to make sure that our own sinfulness, our wickedness, does not continue on forever. Um, so in other words, this is a reminder to us uh, that our sinful condition that we have will have its own limitation, right? Um, and that ultimately we'll be freed from that through salvation in Christ, um, that we will not take sin with us into heaven. Uh, we'll not take wi wickedness with us into heaven, um, but that will be reserved for a period of time until finally we are released from temptation. We're released from sin, and we will live a life of holiness forever with God is the promise that we have through Christ, who, who has given us access to that kind of eternal life, right? Um, so I want you to imagine uh, the pain that we feel as a result of not just sin, but the consequences of sin in our current bodies, right? I want, you, I want us to think of all the sicknesses that we've either carried or might carry in the future, uh, those things that have been uh, killers of family members. Think of those things being with us not just for 100 years, but for 900 years. And essentially God is saying, nope, that's not going to be the case. Our lifespan is going to be given a particular period of time, and then beyond that, we no longer have to continue to carry wickedness, wickedness, wickedness. So, so let's continue reading here in chapter 6. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Uh, Nephilim is another word for giants, right? Uh, so everybody say Nephilim. Nephilim. Um, so we see here that there was this period of time uh, when, when the Bible here talks about the, the sons of God and the daughters of men. Um, what, what this is essentially referring to is a, a time, a period of time in the early creation where angelic beings um, and human beings were uh, essentially procreating. And, and as a result of that, uh, we see that there were, the, uh, there were uh, figures like the Nephilim that were born. So these giants. Um, and it says, And all, afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. So when I read that verse, it kind of makes me think of... Uh, of uh, some of the things that we see in movies these days, like in X-Men and Marvel, where we have these superhero figures because we see that there was this period of time where angelic beings or divine beings and, and women were uh, intermarrying and were having children that had ridiculous strength, ridiculous size, um, and, uh, and apparently um, uh, God didn't really like the way that that was turning out. So let's continue to read uh, what takes place there. It says, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Let me read that verse one more time. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Um, this is a pretty strong statement here in Genesis chapter 6, right? We, we again, let's follow the, tra the, the progression. Chapter 3 is the story that introduces a fairly innocent looking sin, which is taking fruit from the wrong tree. That sin leads to jealousy, comparison, uh, blaming, shaming, <clears throat> excuse me, which then leads to the next generation that ends up committing the first murder, right? which is still one act of sin, one act of sin. 
And then from there, we get to chapter 6, where we read this verse that says that their every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. So, so we see what's taking place. Sin is growing like a cancer in the creation narrative. Started out small, ends up being in their minds and hearts all the time. It's pervasive. Um, it, no wonder God warns Cain and says, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. Right? So we need to be careful of the ways in which we are uh, uh, allowing even the small things to creep in to take root. Because once it takes root, who knows what it will blossom into. So from there, verse 6 says, The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move